Greetings, everybody. My name is Eric Johnson, and I'm here with my brother, Derek, the Joe Bros. And our guest for today is Jasmine M. Johnson, uh, our sister from another mother in Milwaukee, who we've become such good friends with over the last year and a little more. Hi, Jasmine. How are you doing? I am outstanding, Eric. How are you? I am well. And Derek, how are you today? Really good. Got a chance to see you again uh, two weeks in a row yesterday out in uh, Mackwan, Wisconsin. I'm going to stop meeting like that. <laughs> That's for sure. We sure do. We got to meet more often and uh, a little closer to Madison, hopefully next time. Well, I understand this is podcast number 23. We are capturing this on 923, 23rd of September, and this will go live sometime just before Christmas time. And I am so delighted to formally introduce Jasmine to Derek here. We've been uh, such good friends and, and compatriots over the last year and a little more. Uh, I remember the context of our first meeting and uh, I'll share that I had been in prayer, actually, about what uh, role I could play in reconciliation after George Floyd was murdered. And that situation um, was very troubling to me, uncertain. And uh, it was a time, as you recall, of great you know, angst and, you know, anger and disappointment and frustration. And I think a lot of people uh, were unsure of how to how to behave. And when I don't know what to do, prayer tends to be the thing I do. And uh, Jasmine called the next day. And uh, Jasmine, where'd we go from there? I'll just t I'll drop it to you now. Wow, we have done so many amazing things through partnership in such a short amount of time that it feels like this uh, family ship, friendship um, that we've been, you know, connected forever. And it's only mm. really been a little over a year. And so um, I think I echo the mixed bag of emotions and um, that you described during the time that our paths crossed through a mutual friend in Janine Edwards. You like literally Aurora WDC came in and you too were also an answered prayer just for, you know, the timing of how we were connected. And so, you know, with the influx of the world going virtual over a matter of like moments and everyone scrounging um, to be able to lean in and partner with you all in the Wellness Check Wednesday series at a very critical time, you know, when professionals of color, allies, um, accomplices of which I put you, Eric and Derek and the Aurora WDC team in the accomplice bucket, um, you know, a lot of people were at very different places you know, last year when we um, connected. And I will say, you know, for me personally, um, to know over 40 people who had positive COVID-19 diagnosis to 28 of those over 40 have passed away. Oh, no. um, you know, finding myself logging into a virtual screen, feeling simultaneously absolutely every emotion that one could feel from a sense of grief and loss, um, consoling virtually, of course, still a best friend who was robbed from the opportunity of saying goodbye to her mother, um, yeah. to still feeling a sense of gratitude and thankfulness of my health and my the health of my immediate family. So it was like a very, you know, complicated moment of feeling sad and grief, but yet thankfulness and gratitude. 
on top of confusion. You know, being the mother of an amazing African-American male who is now a teenager, um, you know, seeing his frustration and his questions continuously, you know, of him feeling that his skin color is the weapon. And, you know, his, him constantly asking the question again, like how is an unarmed black man more of a threat to people than a white man who really just like mass murdered people in a church? Um, you know, they find ways to de-escalate that situation, but they can't de-escalate, you know, black men who are unarmed. And so to look at that confusion and that hurt in his eyes and still not have answers, still, you know, trying to schedule porch drops to all my friends and family members for food and, you know, um, cases of water. And that's the best you could like ding dong ditch and like, you know, outside on the sidewalk, you know, console your friend who just lost her mom. Um, to checking on the elders, to then still having to perform on a screen and do my job that was paying me to take care of my family. I mean, so when you are bombarded by all those sense of emotions simultaneously, it is exhausting. But what I will say, the reward that had come through that is the amount of accomplishments and connectivity that um, our partnership with the We Exist Wellness Check Wednesdays series and initiative has afforded many people, not just here locally in Southeast Wisconsin, nor just across the state, but even from a national aspect, the mm -hmm. gift of virtual connectivity that COVID-19 did give us um, to be able to convene people, to um, have a safe space, to share, to speak, and even more so to learn from one another is, you know, a beautiful thing that did come out of all of the chaos that we all experienced last year. Well said, really well said. And by the way, I will say I am, I've never been more uh, conflicted at having to go and have a lecture on a, you know, bluff amphitheater in Mequon, Wisconsin at the same time the Wellness Check Wednesday was happening last night, and I missed my first Wellness Check Wednesday. My perfect attendance record is out the window. It's now you and Kurt and Austin, I believe, are the only ones with perfect attendance on this one. So well, I'll find a way to get you some extra tokens. You still deserve it, even though you missed one. That's fine. <laughs> I appreciate that. Derek, you have... Yeah, you know, I, I, Eric and I are not often accused of being... Um, lacking of words, but what you just shared there, you know, especially the, the 28 of 40 that passed away. And the, I just, I'm not even quite sure how to react to that other than to say, God bless you, sister, for just having the strength and the, the confidence, uh, you know, in, in the higher power and the, the, the greater purpose in this world for, for being able to do that. That's, you know, to, to kind of go back to the reason why we got this podcast started is to help people feel like they have a safe space to talk about the fog that they run through mm -hmm. and to, to maybe give back a little bit in our own way for um, having an environment like that where, where guests like yourself, Jasmine, can come on and maybe uh, open up a little bit, be transparent, be vulnerable, and allow us the chance to kind of have a conversation that maybe can touch a broader you know, uh, collection of people out there you know, regardless of skin color. And uh, I think that that's what I hope uh, occurs over the next, you know, 40 or so minutes in this podcast. You know, the 
I haven't had a chance to work with you like Eric has. Obviously, I've heard a lot about you and the, the, the activism that I see coming out of the We Exist community is something that is so remarkable. And if that means we have to be your accomplice, <laughs> I love that term, by the way, it, it sort of suggests um, a little bit of a, of a, you know, you're in, you're doing something maybe that you shouldn't be doing, but in this case, the, the accomplice term suggests that we're, we're doing exactly what we should be doing. Well, you and know, Eric, maybe you can talk team, a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, Eric and the team, you know, introduced the term to me, letting me know that I was a provocateur. Right. So I think, you know, using accomplice in that shape, in that context, you know, is a little provocative. Right. Um, you know, people talk about partners in crime. And I can honestly say that the entire Aurora WDC team from for the last 15 plus months or so, we've been partners in good, you know, and that's that good trouble that, um, you know, former Congressman um, Lewis, you know, rest his soul, always talked about. And, you know, I, I've gotten into trouble often because I've always been the one to go out on that limb and take that risk of asking the question. You know, Jasmine Johnson is going to ask the question at any given point, at any given time, because I do feel like that is my responsibility. And I will say to you, Derek, that another, you know, term or adjective that I think often gets a negative connotation when people hear the word privilege, um, you know, mm -hmm. some folks, depending on, you know, who hears it and is on the other side of it, kind of like freak out, you know, of like, or automatically come to the sense of defense. And I will share that, you know, um, during COVID-19, during quarantine, the gift of recalibration and reflection that, you know, we were given to do, it showed me the privilege that I have. And so, you know, the first time I, it came to me and I spoke of it, you know, in front of a white male, um, you know, he kind of, it turned him off and I, I'm hoping, you know, it didn't completely fall on like a deaf ear, but, you know, just that angst of defensiveness that when a white man hears the word privilege, they like, he like completely like freaked out and then was kind of offended that here I am as a black woman have the audacity to talk about my privilege. Uh, but understanding I do, I have and I harness my own set of privilege that it may not be to the extent or the same as someone else's, you know, but I do think that during the time of quarantine, um, it showed me the blessing that I've had from the type of, you know, standpoint that how I grew up, you know, in a two parent home, my parents have been together since kindergarten, actually, the running joke in the family, you know, is that my grandmothers who grew up together in Mississippi, you know, bartered over mud pies, like, I'll give you my firstborn if you give me yours, you know, so <laughs> um, I come from a non traditional family from a sense that both sides of my family have been together for like over 80 years. And so wow. if something, you know, traditionally goes wrong and like one side of your parents' family, it doesn't impact your mother's side of the family. But in my case, it does, right? Because like, you know, my, one of my grandmother's siblings was in, older siblings was in elementary school with my other grandmother's older siblings. So our families have been together forever. And so what I will say is, you know, coming up from a, upper middle class family, dual parent household, both of my parents, you know, are college educated, my mother with multiple degrees, my father being an engineer, my paternal great great grandfather being the first African American professor um, to teach on the collegiate level in Mississippi, uh, when it was illegal 
for black people to even read. Um, you know, I come from a legacy and a heritage of advocacy and expectation of excellence. And so one of the things that it showed me and magnified for me, I had never realized the ease of which I navigate between both worlds. So like, mm-hmm. while I am blessed to have, you know, the access and the type of family that I've come from, from a resource perspective, I mean, I have, you know, exist, you know, extended family who are still living in generational poverty, you know, some of which were still trying to pinch pennies and make ends meet before, you know, the flux of the, you know, brink of the recession coming up on COVID last year. Um, and so I've never paid attention to how I've navigated successfully between both worlds. And even, you know, with the over 40 of COVID-19 diagnosis, that 28 was still kind of like one removed. It was my best friend's mom. It was, you know, extended family members. So it wasn't even necessarily my immediate family who had access to different, you know, quality of care, being able Mm -hmm. to, you know, um, access resources in a different way. And so, you know, that goes to the platform of privilege. So however you're giving, to me, privilege is the platform of which you've been blessed to be on. And everyone should be, you know, service leader, servant leadership from an aspect of living a Christian life of service to others. And so I do believe that everyone has their own extent of privilege because you're still blessed to be on a platform or whatever platform that is, or, you know, situations or a testimony to be a blessing to someone else. It's a matter of how you use the privilege. And I think that is that fine line of why maybe privilege is, you know, sometimes looked upon in a negative connotation because everyone sits on some people not everyone some people sit on their privilege right and they don't leverage that platform to be a blessing to others and when you do that um are you really working and walking in a sense of purpose wow that blows me away and so i think when people first hear that privilege observation they and the reason they get defensive is that they think it's uh, an attempt to make them feel guilty or somehow shameful that you know they have this advantage that someone else may not share and that's just the reality the the reality is that you've got advantages that others don't have and the consequences of those advantages are are, and if you're of the faith that we share you better put them to work (laughs) buddy Uh, you better put them to work and you know those those advantages weren't given to you without an expectation that you would use those gifts uh to to improve you know, the world and, and to improve the lot of your fellow uh, man or woman. And I think, you know, that's what I saw in We Exist. And the reason why We Exist is so powerful, closing the prosperity gap, that is such a powerful message and something that implies your privilege is not a, a free thing that is uh, that has no expectations or no strings attached, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. There are parts of that cosmology where there are no strings attached. There's no doubt about it. You've you've got that free gift uh, to rely on at the end of the, at the end of your life. But you've been given things, and and I've been given things. And Derek's been given things that do have strings attached, and it's a question of whether or not you uh, respond and and put those what's been invested in you uh, to work uh, for those that are put in your path. I mean, the word says for to whom much is given, much is expected. I mean, I think, mm. you know, um, that what for to whom much is given is that privilege. And when you're walking mm-hmm. in that privilege because of what's expected, that gets you closer to the purpose, right? Of what you're supposed to be doing and giving and how you're leading others. 
Absolutely. Yep. And I personally love the word accomplice. Accomplice, though it sounds a little naughty, uh, it, it implies that there's risk. You're, 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 this is not a collaboration without risk, but it's a collaboration that is just. Mm. And that the justness of the collaboration is worth the risk. And so, you know, naked I came into the world, naked I plan to leave it. So let's put this to work. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. The, um, you know, so when you, when you had the vision, Jasmine, of, of We Exist, and I know it wasn't just you. I know that you have a number of other accomplices. Uh, I also love that term that you that you're working really closely with day to day, you know, in, in getting this sort of I don't know that the word movement is the right term. It's the right but, word. It is. Um, it's the right word. <laughs> you know, when you were sitting back, let's say 15 months ago, and you said, "I got to do something. I got to do something with." with my own privilege as Jasmine, I got to put this to work in a positive way. And you dreamed up, we exist. Can you, for our listeners, just go a little deeper on, you know, why was it called we exist? What, what do you plan to do with it? You know, as Eric said in the opener, this, this podcast is going to come out just a few days before Christmas. You know, one of the greatest holidays, you know, in my opinion, you know, from a it's 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 feels far better to give than to receive sort of holiday, right? Can you can you talk a little bit, foreshadow for us a little bit about, you know, why is it called what it is, and what are the gifts of this community that you're most looking forward to giving everyone else? Absolutely. So, I will say, um, six years ago, I had connected with a gentleman who had relocated to the Milwaukee area through his employer. And through him changing, you know, um, employers and moving to Milwaukee, he was given the gift of being able to create his own team. And um, he moved and relocated a total of seven African-American families between Cincinnati, Charlotte. He pulled in, you know, his dream team to take on this new opportunity. So our paths had crossed and he was introduced. So, you know, one of my God-given talents is my ability to be a connector and an intentional strategic one. And so someone was like, you have to meet Jasmine. She knows absolutely everybody and she can get you connected. And so he felt obligated. Um, you know, some of his, his folks that he was bringing into this market came on the strength of his leadership. But, you know, you do the Google search and every horrible statistic that comes up about southeastern Wisconsin being the, you know, worst place to raise a family. If you're black, it's, you know, the, the educational attainment gap that exists for children of color. You know, 53206 is the worst zip code in per capita in the world of incarceration of men of color. I mean, so you Google all these things and people were like freaking out about moving here. So he felt a sense of obligation to get them connected, to get them plugged in. And he was just saying like, you know, you're the first person of color that I don't work with that I've seen in literally 11 months. And I'm like, you know, he was talking about him and his wife raising, you know, a, a, a young African-American girl and the challenges of the lack of diversity coming from a Charlotte um, to, you know, where he was. And I'm like, well, where are you living? When he told me, I'm like, well, that is why. But when he had, you know, his realtor through the relocation process was solely looking at different markers and not necessarily the quality of life of those intangibles when you're a professional or person of color in this marketplace that is, you know, 
historically known for being top three to five most segregated place that exists in the nation. And so, you know, he had been going, it was almost a year that he had been investing in a round trip flight for his wife to go back to Charlotte once a month to get her hair done. I mean, it was all those things that goes into the quality of life, you know, for individuals. So we created an opportunity to start it with four corporate partners in the ERG model to get together on a quarterly basis. And it grew over those five and a half, six years from four corporate partners to 18. And so that served as an opportunity for, you know, um, executive sponsors from a C-suite leadership to come and interact with professionals of color. Um, it also served as an opportunity when diverse professionals were being brought into the marketplace that they could see and interact and engage with other professionals outside of their corporate space, right? That looked like them. And also being able to highlight different nonprofit organizations that were also looking for pipeline um, of board talent from a diverse perspective as well. And just giving that exposure and that connectivity. And so, you know, when COVID-19 quarantined the world and shut everything down, you couldn't convene once a quarter in person. And this group was really also really responsible also for the retention piece of diverse talent because it was over the course of those five or six years, you know, for example, Miller, when it went to SAB to like Miller Coors before it even switched again now to Molson Coors, when they were heading to the Chicago area and moving jobs from Milwaukee, um, there were several IT professionals that were hundreds, several hundred IT professionals that were going to be impacted. And because some of them, um, IT professionals of color have been coming to these quarterly meetups, they were able to network all along and connect with other IT professionals from other corporate partners in the marketplace. And so, you know, we were able to be responsible for retention of diverse talent because they were able to land. And so when you move into a place where you're forced to pivot of which we all were, you know, last summer, um, how do you still keep people engaged and keep people connected when you can't meet in person? And so um, that's how the Wellness Check Wednesday series was birthed in the vision of creating a virtual environment. Um, initially it was like, you know, weekly for a safe space because people were just confused on an array of different things, you know, um, you had allies, who just wanted to learn and, you know, resources and books like White Fragility, all that is great, but just be able to, you know, be a sounding board and create a safe place for people to ask uncomfortable questions and be vulnerable um, and to hear from other leaders. So I remember we launched um, in June with the title of the session, I Am Not Okay. And it featured Grady Crosby, an African-American male who is the chief diversity officer for a global company and also serves for the, as the president of their foundation. So, you know, coming off the brinks of the murder of George Floyd, you know, as a black man who is an executive in the C-suite level for a global company, like, how you doing? Like, are you okay? You know, so he was like, yeah, no, I'm not okay. And trying to process all of these things, but then being able to still show up and the expectation of showing up, albeit virtual, as a high performer in a, when you're personally, you know, hurting and trying to make sense of, of a reckoning that's taking place all around you. And so he led that conversation. But I will tell you, like, 17 minutes before we were going live, we had hit capacity. And so there was like several folks, you know, 
Nearly, that could not participate in the conversation. So afterwards, you know, I called my good friend Janine Edwards, like, I need help, where are we gonna go? And so she's like, oh, I have an introduction to make. And that is, you know, how um, I got connected to Aurora WDC. And I will say from the Wellness Check Wednesday series, um, and some of the learnings that I had with the ERG or BRG model that we had been operating within for like the five to six years, um, non-full-time um, employees, so like contract labor or contingent labor that is, you know, sitting in these corporate spaces on a contract, but not as a full-time employee, they can't access the resources of the BRGs and the ERGs. And so for those six years, like the quarterly meetups, or when we would do different things, they were not, they could never be invited. So mm -hmm. going virtual, it also allowed us and um, afforded us the opportunity to broaden out of the BRG because you had still professionals that were sitting in these corporate spaces that could not access, you know, resources. And so when you're going away from a particular model that had already shifted from how it stood before, because we could not convene in person, and now you're on this virtual platform, uh, where now people who are working for these corporate partners who could never come to the in-person um, quarterly meetups because they live in a different part of the country, they could now access, right, the content and the resources and participate. And so the way it came up in conversation from a, naming the initiative We Exist, there was a CEO of a financial institution who had made a comment that it wasn't a matter of, you know, them not wanting to hire or promote diverse talent. He just felt like they didn't exist. And so I had been building a mentor-mentee relationship with Kira Lafon, who serves as the president and publisher for the Milwaukee Business Journal. When I came back home um, two years ago, um, professionally, I was like, there was a three, you know, um, people within the community that I wanted to build an intentional relationship with, and she was one of them. So when she was talking like, well, now you're having to shift this whole quarterly meetup, now it's in, you know, a virtual platform, like, where do you want to see this go in like, you know, three to five years? And I was like, well, you know, I don't even think I need to wait three to five years, um, but I would love, you know, periodically for your CEOs that subscribe to the Milwaukee Business Journal to just open up their business journal and see nothing but black and brown faces um, to prove to them that we do exist. Um, you know, you have talent here that is primed and ready, that is educated, you know, through the data and analytics that we were able to gather in partnership with the Royal WDC. When you have 37% of our attendees who hold, you know, a bachelor's degree, uh, I'm sorry, 43% hold a bachelor's, 37 have a master's and 8% have a doctor, doctoral level degree. That kind of also dispels the stereotype and the myths that there aren't professional of color who are not educated, you know, because you hear a lot about the educational attainment gap, but, you know, we were able to kind of like, well, here's like over a thousand professionals that have <laughs> this type of educational background and experience. And uh, for me, if I can eliminate excuses from, you know, C-suite level HR professionals who say that the talent doesn't exist because they've never got outside of their comfort zone to like seek them out or put themselves in a different circle. So to them, I mean, it wasn't a negative comment for that CEO of Wells Fargo. It was a, it was a literal 
legitimate comment because if he's a white male who only interacts with other white men and occasionally lets a white woman at the table to him they you know a jasmine johnson does not exist because i've never had the opportunity to be in his circle so you know with the first spread of we exist being featured in the september 17th um milwaukee business journal we have the october issue date already set you know at least there'll be a dozen to two dozen as we keep going and growing um, for those CEOs and those C-suite leaders to say, they can no longer say that talent's not here. And, you know, while they can still recruit from outside the marketplace, because I do understand that, yes, all of the talent that people need isn't local. There's still a great pool of amazing talent that is already right here. And when you take, you know, the reach of the Milwaukee Business Journal and the type of caliber of individuals that read the Business Journal, you pair it with the iHeart Media reach, um, you know, that I'm able to bring to the table and then layer it with the digital community that Aurora WDC um, is partnering with us to create. I mean, that's a trifecta and a force that, you know, is unbelievable. So you're forging people the opportunity to connect in a digital platform. You're allowing, you know, decision makers to network and connect with them within that platform. Then you can have a hybrid model like we did, you know, um, for the Wellness Check Wednesday series in September, where we had the virtual session, but then we did an in-person, very small gathering to you know, just celebrate those professionals who have been recently promoted, but then you have the force of mass media from print on air and digital to grant exposure and to tell the stories and put that talent on a showcase. I mean, again, we're just here to dispel myths, um, to eliminate excuses, and by that, you know, giving talent just the opportunity to compete for opportunities that are deserving of it. Um, that's how you, you know, eliminate the wealth gap as well for people to then continue to grow and thrive professionally, which ultimately comes with an increase, right, of household income. And then you can create generational wealth. Um, so the gift with this now coming out around the holiday season, which to your point, Derek, it is always, yes, um, so much more, um, uh, of a beautiful thing to give and to receive. Uh, for me, I look at this as the gift of exposure. A leader at you know um, a Fortune 50 company that professionally raised me, that I had the opportunity and a blessing to work for them for um, you know almost 13 years. There was a leader who always used the acronym PI, and he would always ask, "What is the greatest slice of the pie?" Performance, image, exposure is what the acronym stands for, and you know. I was raised from my parents who always said that, you know, you have to be the most prepared in the room. You have to be the smartest in the room because the moment you, your leash is not the same as others. So the moment you answer a question incorrectly or you're not prepared, um, your credibility is lost. Well, other people may get another chance or two or five to make up for it. You don't. So I was always groomed and primed. Like that's just the expectation. That's a matter of fact. So that performance is given. Like you have to come to the table, you know, um, in that operation of excellency at all times, the image of how you show up is also obviously very important. But if you never get exposure, and that is the greatest slice of the pie, is the E, then 
no one will ever know that how well you perform or how you can show up and what you can deliver on because, you know, because many professional colors uh, are not allowed or invited in those circles or are on the golf course to, or get the stretch assignments, then they can never be, you know, really considered. So for me, I look at we exist as the gift of giving exposure. That's really beautifully said. And, you know, to your point, I think there's also an implied sense of community in that pie uh, remark that, you know, you are, are representing, a, a, for like it or not, you're representing a stereotype. And unfortunately, the people who have that, that stereotype, and I'll even say are burdened by that stereotype, because I don't think it's an advantage. I think it's, I think it's a disadvantage to have that attitude about someone you don't know, that the people who are burdened with that stereotype, others will pay the consequences for not showing up with performance and image and exposure, you know, sort of uh, as part of what you're what you're about. And I think it's also more generous, frankly. I think it it uh, it's it, the, one of the terms that has really impacted me. I think in the last fifteen months is inclusion and being inclusive and the notion of of inclusive and what, what inclusive means. And I think inclusive means that you've got a share of voice, not proportional to your tribal representation in society, but really proportional in a meritocratic way that you've got a share of voice because you've got important things to say that society has to hear if society is going to take the next step. Bottom line, it's not, it's not a privilege in the sense that society is giving that to you, giving you a greater share of voice. It's a, it's a necessity. It's a public service in that sense. And I think, you know, that's, what's been so, um, cool about this and the the movement that you really have catalyzed uh, and the I think the the final thing I'll say about that Jasmine is to your points around Milwaukee and the upward mobility you know prosperity gap that you see there with professionals of color no other city in America has more to gain and that's really what has been you know, motivating for me is I don't live in Milwaukee. We've got a business in Milwaukee, you know, and now I, I think I mentioned, I moved my son into his first year of college in a little suburb of Milwaukee called Mequon. And uh, as I think about why I've been drawn there, drawn to you, drawn to everyone else in that region, um, there's no question in my mind that there's a public service to be done. There's a business to be built and no other city in America has more to gain than Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here, here. Couldn't agree with you. Could could we go back to? I'm listening to what you just said, Jasmine. It was beautiful, and then Eric's remarks. And I, I wonder if uh, maybe the, rather than use the term privilege, I like to think of it as a responsibility. And it's you know where the two meet. I have a privilege and you know to be educated and you you spoke about that. Eric and I embody that maybe in a little slightly different way, but we kind of see it as a responsibility. So the young man that you mentioned moving up here from Charlotte five or six years ago and flying his wife back because that was her comfort zone for you know monthly hairstylist meetups, right? You know, the, the within we exist as part of your vision for that, the opportunity to say, we have an opportunity to attract and, and really make it clear to all the executives in and around Milwaukee that we do exist, 
they the talent is there but going that next level and saying hey our um, to to all of you professionals that might be part of this inner circle we could potentially go next level on this to make make uh, your spouse your significant others feel more welcome by creating unity or uh, congregation if you will so that the young lady doesn't feel like she has to fly back to Charlotte to get her hair done. You understand what I'm talking about? Absolutely. I mean, and so Janine and I have been informally tapped for over a decade um, to be that, you know, warm hand on the shoulder when people are brought here or like, can you come to this dinner? We're on the second round of interview and they made a comment like they've not seen themselves. So like, We've just, you know, informally been those like kind of tokens, just like the welcome wagon, you know, or like to assist with like, you know, sealing the offer. Right. And so I know what it feels like to go to a foreign place. You know, I've left professionally this my, my home city twice and come back now. Right. And so, you know, each time I went somewhere um, that I didn't have a network in place, I know what that feels like. And I know how I benefited from other people taking me under their wing and doing the warm hand on the shoulder. And Milwaukee is one of the toughest places. You know, you know, they say if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I, I disagree. I think it's Milwaukee um, because of just the innate barriers that exist consciously and subconsciously um, from the way the neighborhoods were designed to be segregated. I mean, it's just one of those things that it is tough to um, get connected here. And if we can leverage a platform like we exist and to kind of formalize what has informally been happening for, you know, a, over a decade and to build the bitch, like Janine and I cannot, no, I mean, we have we don't have the capacity to literally go to dinner and lunches every single day to like, you know, put, da -da 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 -da, and here's this right. you know, and so being able to, again, just build the bench for us, for me, at least it's also the, the look at the pipeline of talent, you know, for us, another leader, um, as I was professionally growing up would always say, everybody has to move over a seat at some mm -hmm. point. Everybody moves over a seat, whether you go into another opportunity, whether it's your time and you're called home, whatever. And so being able to prime and groom and be, you know, that succession planning, that is another thing that does not necessarily always or often happen in, you know, communities of color in these leadership roles is that succession planning. And so if this could also serve as another way to build the bench and create that succession, you know, so who is the next round of the Janines and the Jasmines in the Milwaukee area market where, you know, I, can, I cannot sit on that one more board. But I can recommend someone else, you know, as well. And, you know, to go back, Derek, I think, you know, back to the privilege and responsibility. You know, I, I know I quoted the scripture that says, for to whom much is given. I think the given part is the privilege. And, you know, the responsibility comes by way of activating, you know, the expectation, right? The responsibility is the expectation. And I think, you know, when you're activating privilege, if you choose to activate it, that gives you the expectation of the responsibility, which is the purpose part, right? And I think, you know, being able to look at privilege as what has been given, um, as the platform, as the gift, but some people just stay on the platform and they mm. sit on their gift. I mean, back to like the parable in the word that talks about burying talents. 
Um, I think bearing your privilege, you know, is also part of that talent because that is what you've been given and you are expected and you have that responsibility. People just don't necessarily activate that. And I think that is where, you know, that sense of purpose when people are trying to, you know, find out what they're called to do and what their purpose is. And I do, you know, wholeheartedly believe that everyone was created, you know, for an individual unique purpose, right? Like there is no way in the world I could ever do what Aurora WDC has does and has given me this last 15 months, right? So I, I'm very clear on that is not my gift that I was given. But you know, understanding what my gift is and, you know, coupling it with the talent and the skill set and the privilege um, and the platform that Aurora WDC has. Um, my great grandmother would always say the sum total is far, far greater than each individual part. And mm -hmm. there is no way that we exist or the Wellness Check Wednesday series um, would have nearly had the amount of impact it has had if that sum total wasn't inclusive of what Aurora WDC. There's, I could not have, literally, I could not have reached. Cause I mean, I told you we were shut down before 17, 20 minutes before we even started the first series, we were at capacity. So, you know, the sum total is far greater than each individual part. I could not have reached. I could not create a digital community. I, I mean, I was starting to learn about, you know, um, provocateurs and all this. So being able to partner with you all has definitely, you know, bringing my privilege and my talent and, and um, what I've been given on my platform to, you know, align it with you all um, has definitely rendered what I could have ever done on my own. And that, that is the gift, but that's also the testimony of what collaboration um, and part true intentional partnerships. And I think that also is what activates and takes someone from the next to the next level from being an ally mm -hmm. to wholeheartedly being an accomplice. Wow, that totally makes my day. And I am... Um... Here's the, as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, likewise, we couldn't have done any of that stuff without you. And that's the, that's the thing I think about how collaborations are designed. <clears throat> and I say designed because we fall into them, often by accident. And the, the notion that it's all about us and that we got to keep those things and hoard those things, protect those things rather than invest those things. Those are those are investment opportunities that bear fruit. Uh, I never told you this, but uh, 2015, the entire year 2015, I read gospel every day. And it was the parable of the talent. Sometimes I read it in the Greek, even though my Greek is terrible. Uh, but I read that I read that parable every day, sometimes several times a day that year. And I don't know why I didn't know why then why I was being called to do that. But I know now why. And the reason was because to, to whom much has been given, much is expected. That's the bottom line in all of this. And casting our lot with you, Jasmine, has been a tremendous privilege, by the way. God gave you to me and us and us to you uh, for exactly what we're about right now. And um, closing the prosperity gap by dispelling the talent myth. Uh, there is no higher mission out there that I think uh, has such a just cause that, you know, we're fully invested, as you know, we want to see this succeed. There's no, there's no quit in us. Uh, and uh, the, the point of all that is that I, I'm so excited to see where it goes next, because as you 
didn't mention, but I'll mention, uh, there's 43 other cities where the business journals are published. And iHeartMedia is a continent-wide operation, international operation. And so aren't we to our little tiny extent uh, at the same way ambitious in that regard. So I see this going across the country and around the world. And I see this, the impacts of this design collaboration going way beyond our lifespans. Uh, we'll be celebrating in, in other places at the point where this thing ultimately comes to fruition. But um, any final words for our audience? We've been on here for about 45 minutes. And where can people find Jasmine M. Johnson uh, if they want to follow you, connect with you? Uh, you know, what's your call to action for the listener? Well, my first and foremost, my call to action would be join us in the We Exist digital community. So first and foremost, go to weexist.community and sign up to engage in the community. It'll be my first call to action. And for those that have any interest in connecting with me, they can definitely do so on uh, my LinkedIn page or account. Um, please do not forget the middle initial M. Um, mm. You know, Jasmine, it was a popular name in the early 80s to late 80s, especially with the um, Disney movie Aladdin. Um, and of course, Johnson is also a popular name. So Jasmine M. Johnson. Um, and I'm, you know, very much looking forward to um, connecting with people within the We Exist community as well as on LinkedIn. But I'm even more so very excited just to see um, where we are able to co-create and continue this great work. Um, to, as you mentioned, you know, the, the Business Journal is a national publication um, from when the first issue um, was just launched like what, six days ago in mid-September, um, the feedback that Kira has gotten has been from her, the other affiliates. Like, tell us more. Wow. You know, how did you do this? How can we do this? And so to your point, Eric, and thank you for mentioning and bringing that up, the opportunities of connectivity, um, even through as people who were not um, as digitally astute as I was, you know, um, 16 months ago, um, which I was thrown in by force having to, become digital and all that good stuff, but having, you know, um, uh, tutorials and tutors along the way through Aurora WDC. So, you know, being able to find, I think that balance because too much of anything is still too much. And if we could get back to a, a strike of balance between human connectivity in person to, you know, a digital platform, but then layering it with the power of media and audio, um, as you all are even doing through your podcast series. So thank you so much for including me um, to be able to share the great work that we've partnered and created together this last year or so, but I am very much excited um, and eager to stay the course and stay the path just to see what happens comes next. Amen. Derek, final words. Yeah, I'll just say, uh, you know, this is coming out around Christmas, uh, far better to give than to receive. You've given us perspective and I hope that for our listeners that might be listening to your amazing, beautiful remarks, uh, your inspiration is something that they receive and inspiration to go get involved. And, you know, I hope that they do take you up on your offer of uh, communicating and connecting. And, uh, you know, you said some early in the, in the podcast about uh, the word accomplice, maybe a different take on that is partners in good. And it's, isn't it funny in this world how good people tend to find one another? And I'm yeah. just, uh, feel so blessed to 
have uh, my big brother introduce us. And now that we're connected and we can be partners and good accomplices to, to go out there and do the right thing. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this uh, awesome edition. Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on Running Into the Fog. Until next time, everybody, uh, hope you have a great week. Look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Jasmine. Thank you, too.